Welcome to episode number 28 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where helping academics change the world through online business. This is where helping you, the listener, take your PhD, your academic research, your degree, your experience, and use that to start blogging, podcasting, shooting video, getting involved online so you can build a business and make your dent in the universe. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. Today's episode's a bit different than the ones we've had before. So in this episode, we're going to be taking listener questions. We're going to be going through and answering those. So we've been collecting this feedback up um, through emails and through people reaching out on social media and DMing me in different areas. So I have this kind of big list of questions. But I want to encourage you, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed any of the previous episodes, to leave your own questions of what you're struggling with, what you're struggling with in regards to building a blog, either around you know science or a blog around research or a blog around your academic degree or your expertise. What are you struggling with? What are you struggling with building a team or building a business around that blog or monetizing or creating a profit or all these you know, hard things that we discuss on the podcast? Where are you stuck at today? So if you are stuck in one certain area, you have questions, you can go to grabblogger.com slash ask, that's slash A-S-K. We'll have a way you can actually ask questions there. It'll probably be a type form field and we'll also likely include something like SpeakPipe, so you can actually just leave your questions verbally there. Um, leave your name, leave your website if you do that, because we'll probably feature you on the podcast as well, or at least we'll probably email you and ask you if you want to be featured, and if you'd like to be featured, we'll put you on the, the podcast as well. So again, these questions have come up through different areas of people reaching out to ask about their, their blogs around their research and how they can move those forward. So we've collected some of those up for this episode. If you want to ask your own question, go to grabblogger.com slash ask, and you can do that there. If you catch something in this episode that you want to learn more about, you can always download the transcripts. You can do this at the show notes at grabblogger.com slash 28, where you can get a nice PDF copy uh, for storage of the transcripts for this episode. So I'm going to get right into the questions then. We have three lined up for this episode. The first one is, hi, Chris, I'm struggling to create content and connect with an audience what are the kind of first steps to get going with your blog once you have your website set up? So this is something we talked about quite a bit before on the podcast. And there's really three big points or three key areas that I want to highlight. So the first is that your content needs to be sort of the right content. We'll talk about an example of how this could go wrong. We'll talk about where success comes from. And that's from building a repeatable, sustainable process that you can you know, grow over time, that you can actually continue to keep doing. You don't burn yourself out. Number three, we'll talk about uh, content curation as being a you know a strategy that's really good in the early days. So the first point is that the, the content that you're creating needs to be the right content. So I see this sometimes when we talk with, say, uh, somebody who, who wants to be a content writer about a, surf, a specific you know science area, say, but they write content that targets other content writers. So they have a blog that's featuring, you know, how to write a post or different aspects of a post or different, you know, um, introduction, body, conclusion, and things that are all around content writing, but that's not their target audience if they're using that blog to try to get gigs for science writing. Their target audience is people that want stuff written about the topic that they write about. So they should be targeting that audience that they want to come back and take action on their website, not the ones that are like them. So I, I hope that makes sense. So it needs to be the right content you're creating. If you're a content writer that's writing about um, astrophysics, and the content on your blog should not be about content writing. It should be about astrophysics to bring people interested in that topic back, see you as an expert, as an authority, see you as having some of the best material in the world on that topic. And then they'll come through and be more likely to hire you and more engaged to hire you for the next steps for your content writing business. So that's just one example, but really it's about sitting down and thinking, okay, here's my audience. What questions do they have? Where do they hang out? 
it's actually similar to what I'm doing with this podcast episode right now, where we're bringing questions from the grab blogger audience specifically and answering them here. That's great content because we know they're asking these questions. We know you guys are asking these questions because that's the questions that are coming in. So that's not point number one. It needs to be the right content that you're creating. Point number two is that success comes from building a repeatable, sustainable process that's targeted at this correct audience. So this comes back to building content machines, or that's why I call them as content machines. We talked about this in earlier episodes of the podcast, specifically episode eight on using random topic blogging. So this really is like how most people get started. And some people stay there for their entire blogging career. And that's really a, you know, a struggle every week to come back to the drawing board multiple times a week, say, okay, I need to think of this new topic. Um, I'd encourage you not to do it that way, actually, to start with a big list of topics. I'm going to write on this topic. I do the research. I got to write the post. I got to format. I got the post image. And then I got to get up on the website and I got to share it through social media. That's hard to do every week. Um, so I recommend trying to put processes in place to build content that you know is going to be valuable to your field. So in episode 13 of the podcast, we talked about three-minute papers to drive traffic back to your site. So these were article summaries specifically on your research area, helps build you as an authority, and also gives you an easy, you know, structured, systematic way to build content each week. Then episode 24 of the podcast, we talked about content curation, repurposing, how you can use this content curation systems and actually enhance and collect and verify that information to make it more valuable for your audience as a great way to create the content. And we have a we have a bunch of more ideas on this, a bunch more content machines that we're testing out through Dust Safety Science, that we're actually testing out through Grabblogger. And we'll be sharing these on the podcast as well. So if you go to any of those previous episodes, we'll have links to everything that's been published in the content machine series. So if you're listening to this in the future, we'll have the future posts that are in that series as well. So that's point number two, is that success comes from building a scalable, repeatable process. It's not uh, something that, you know, if you're doing, you have to put a lot of thought in what you're going to do each week. You're really going to struggle after three months or six months or two years of doing that. At some point, it's going to start to fall apart. So point number one, it needs to be the right content. Point number two, it needs to be repeatable, sustainable, scalable process. And point number three that I want to make is that in the early days, content curation is a huge part here. You're struggling to create content in your early days. It's much better to, you should be doing maybe one post a week, but if you go out and curate material, get the best blog posts in your research field, you know, get the latest news in your field, get the latest, like a list of the journal papers that were published in the last month on your topic might be a great thing to share in your newsletter. Uh, if you were, you know, specifically had a newsletter to researchers in your field, this would be an excellent thing to share that way they find high value and they probably come back and read your newsletter more frequently. So that's a really, you know, huge example there. So what could you be collecting and sharing to your audience that they find a really high value that you don't have to actually create yourself? So this also gives you stuff to share on social media, builds you up as an authority in your space and has so many other benefits. I'm probably forgetting some right now. So when you start your blog, you need to practice that shipping muscle. You need to practice getting out of there. But building authority mostly comes from sharing other people's content in your space and be willing to be a person who's seen as sharing the stuff that's out there in the world. So those are my three tips for if you're struggling to create content and connect with an audience. One, it needs to be the recreate the right content. Number two, success comes from building a scalable, sustainable, and repeatable process that's not going to burn you out over time. And number three, in the early days, becoming a content curator is just as good as becoming a content creator. You need to, again, don't only create content. You need to be creating your own spin, creating your own material, but you also need to 
if you create, if you curate content, that will give you a lot broader depth on what you can be sharing, how frequently you can be sharing, and you know, give the material to beef up your newsletter so it looks more impressive and is more helpful to the audience that you're building. So looking at my notes here, question number two we have is struggling. It's kind of a longer, longer question, but the, the main point is that the, the individual is struggling with overwhelm and the number of moving parts with starting a blog and thinking about the long-term business and just doesn't know how what to do first. And doesn't know, you know, they're just really struggling with the overwhelm of the complexity of building this thing out. So the the first thing I want to say here, and this comes back if you've if you've uh, read, I believe it's the Art of Tidying Up or the Magical Art of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. I haven't read it yet. Um, it's on my list to buy, but we've been watching the Netflix series on it. Um, the big thing is to get it all out there. Don't have all those ideas rattling around in your brain. You will go nuts. <laughs> Literally, you will go nuts if you keep those up there. For months at a time and are trying to figure out what to do. And every day you sit down like, okay, what's the thing I got to pull out my head today? Write down everything you have. There's a couple ways to do this. You can use post-it notes to you know write them out. I like to spread out on my entire floor, clean up everything off it. And I used to do this back in the early days with mydustexplosionresearch.com. Write each idea, each thought on a post-it note, and then move those around on my floor. I take a big picture of it and I probably have some in my old folders that maybe I'll pull out for this episode, or at least we'll pull out and put in, in a future episode. Um, so that's one way to do it. Whiteboards are excellent for this. You can write down, you can erase, you can move, you can draw arrows. I do this type of brainstorming all the time. There's even software that you can use, things like um, Trello, which I've never really gotten used to using this way. We use it for project management at GrabLogger and Dust Safety Science, but you can use that for mind mapping, and you can also use specific mind mapping software. The whole point is to get it all out there. This is similar to what Marie Kondo recommends if you want to tidy up your closet is to take every shirt, every piece of clothing and throw it all on the bed so you can get this big mass of stuff in front of you and start to look at it and go, wow, look how big this is. Look how much stuff there is. But at least it's out of your head. Then you can start looking and picking through and going, okay, well, maybe that's not as important right now. I think she has a specific question that she asks, um, you know, how much joy does this bring to you? And you can start talking like that as well. And, and just see, you know, what the elements are of that gigantic list that are the most important, that get you the most excited and you think have the biggest bang for your buck and ignore everything else. Take two weeks, take a month and do that first thing. There's a good story on this and I can't remember the film producer. So if you know, maybe go to the show notes at grabblogger.com slash 28 and put it in. But there's a film producer who you know, couldn't sleep because he had so many ideas on all of his films. And it's a very famous one. And I regret that I can't think of the name right now, but the story has popped in my head. So he would actually, he had, uh, you know, a nightstand beside his bed. And every time he had one of these thoughts, he'd write on a piece of paper and throw it in the, the nightstand beside his bed and then never think about it again. Next thought goes in the nightstand. And he actually had this whole nightstand filled full of ideas for movies and scenes and all that sort of stuff. If you ever want to go back and revisit them, he just open up his nightstand, pull out one of the ideas, and, and go to town on or go through and sort them. But that's the key. If, when you have these ideas, write them down, get them out of your head, and they'll seem less important, and you can figure out which ones are the best ones to do. So if you're struggling with overwhelm, that's my number one tip. Write everything down, make a mind map, pick one thing and move towards that. Then pick the next thing and move towards that. If you have any questions and you're stuck in this process, do the mind map trick. If you don't do that, then you're not going to get as far. Do the mind map trip and send me a picture of your mind map. I'm just thinking of this now. Send it to chris at grabblogger.com or even upload it at the show notes um, or tag me on social media at grabblogger. 
And we can talk through what the best first step might be for you to to get through that overwhelm and get through to the major parts of building your blog and and potentially a business if you want to that can change the world. So that's question number two with struggling around overwhelm and the number of moving parts in your business. Question number three, and this is the last question we'll talk about today. I'd encourage you again to go to grabblogger.com slash ask and include any questions that you have there. We'll talk about them on the show. If it's something that I haven't dealt with, we'll bring on somebody in your in the space that actually has done it. Um, although I've dealt with uh, you know quite a number of things over the last three, three to four years building my business and through building Grabblogger. So question number three is, should I trademark my blog name or any other parts of my business? Should I you know, create a trade name? I've been asked this a couple times. I'll give you the actual answer or my thoughts on the answer. I'm not a lawyer, so that's probably an important thing to say, um, but I have talked to one specifically about this topic. So I'm just relaying the information of how I understand it. It's not legal advice. But the bigger point I want to say is most people I talk to, this is sort of a crutch, this question. It's something that they're, they're using either consciously or subconsciously to avoid doing a next step that's hard. So maybe the next step is, you know, selling something or asking somebody to do something or sharing social media or creating a piece of content. If you are having this question, just sit back and ask yourself first, is this me, you know, putting a block in the way to stop me from doing something hard? Um, in a lot of the cases I found that's actually the case, but it is also a legit question, I guess. So we'll go into what the, the answer might be. So I specifically did this for my company, for Dust Safety Science, to see if I should trademark the the blog name and some of the other assets that we create. Uh, so I spoke to a lawyer. The outcome was that it would cost $3,500 Canadian. And it would take two years to trademark um, the specific things I was looking for. So the big point, that you know may be a lot of money, and it was a lot of money at, to me at the time I was first starting building my business, I mean, it was long lead time, so two years. It just it didn't make a lot of sense, but I want to explain, you know, why it could be valuable, or or this will maybe explain why it's not that valuable. It's only valuable to have a trademark. Again, I'm not a lawyer. This is just my two cents. But there's only two cases that's valuable for. Somebody's already using that name, and they sue you, or someone uses that name in the future, and you want to sue them. Those are really the only two cases where this kind of trademark infringement comes in. And in both cases, you need to have pretty deep pockets to defend the lawsuit or to do the lawsuit. And the other point is, even if you trademark the name, both of these things can happen anyway. If you trademark your name and someone sues you, it's going to cost just as much to defend that. It's not like you just you know you show them your, your trademark and you're done. Um, if a company really wants to sue you about this, then you got to go to court, you got to hire a lawyer, it's going to cost you thousands more and lots more time. But that can happen anyway. That's a risk you take when you're you know starting your business. It's probably unlikely to happen. And it's just as unlikely to happen if you already have a kind of trademark. So that's my point is it's only useful in these two cases. If somebody's already using it and they sue you, in which case you still need to go through the legal process. And if someone is using it in the future and you want to sue them, but the cost is really high at the start, the lead time's really high. And again, this can happen anyway. It's just kind of a risk that you take. So that when I did my analysis of these kind of uh, parts of, of trademarking, anyway, I came up with the conclusion that it wasn't worth it for me and my business. Um, it actually was only going to cost a couple hundred dollars if I want to change my business name in the future. Uh, so then, and, you know, be, be a pretty quick process. So that was just the, the thoughts that I taught through that individual when they asked about, should I trademark my blog name or my business? 
So that's it for this episode. It's a bit of a shorter one, but I just want to go through some of the questions that we've been asked. We started with, am I, I'm struggling to create content, connect with an audience. What should I do? I was struggling with overwhelming the number of moving parts to building a blog, to building a business. We talked about, should I trademark my blog name, my business? I hope you found this listener question episode um, useful and interesting. And these may be some of the questions you're asking when you're getting started in your business as well. If you did find it helpful or if you're, you're enjoying the content that we're creating through GrabBlogger, please go to grabblogger.com or grabblogger on iTunes and rate and review the podcast. It really helps. If you have any feedback, you can tag me on social media at grabblogger on Instagram, on Twitter. And I'd really encourage you to go to grabblogger.com slash ask and ask any questions you have about building your blog, building your blogging business, but blogging, podcasting, and video creation, how to be a scientist, how to build your own independent research company, how to become self-tenured like I'm doing with Dust Safety Science. Uh, these are all really important topics and these are the things I want to be helping graduate students, people with PhDs, professors and academics, people that want to live this kind of research lifestyle, this is the things I want to help them with. So please go to grablar.com slash ask, ask any questions you have on this whole process there. I look forward to talking again next week with the next episode of the Grablogger podcast.